Hello from Diplomatic Language Services, and welcome to our podcast, Language Matters. We make language accessible to everyday people by discussing features which may not exist in other languages. I'm your host, Molly Sampson. Welcome to the fifth episode of Language Matters. Today we are talking about Italian, and I have two native Italian speakers with me. First one is our Romance Language Training Supervisor, Simona Westling. Hi, Simona. Hi, Molly. And I also have the other Simona, Simona Gentile. She is our Language Training Coordinator, also for the Romance Department, of course, with a romantic language like Italian. Hi, Simona. Hi, other Simona? You? No, that's me. I won't call you. I'll just call you the Simonas. Okay. First of all, tell me where you guys are from in Italy so we know kind of where we're talking about regional dialects from. So I am originally from Sardinia, so one of the, the islands in uh, in Italy. I have lived in other parts of Italy, but my language would be related to, to that area. I'm from Abruzzo, which is center. Uh, it's a region across from the capital, Rome, on the Adriatic coast. And the local language or dialect is the center a, a dialect, the Napolitan. Okay, so the Napolitan standard, area. the standard dialect. Yes. So first, we're going to talk a little bit about difficult things for English speakers mainly to to do or to learn in Italian. What makes it difficult? So um, one is that probably we can distinguish between two two groups of difficulties. One uh, group would be the ones that uh, are in common with the other Romance languages, so like with the mostly Spanish, Portuguese, and French, and uh, the other ones instead uh, would uh, pertain only to Italian. So for the more generic ones, um, there's the, the fact, obviously, that we have a gender, so like uh, nouns are either masculine or feminine, so sometimes our students, English native speakers, have a hard time remembering first of all what gender a certain noun is and then remembering to uh, agree, to do an agreement of the articles and the adjectives to the right gender or number and like other romance languages you only have two genders right correct. you don't have the neutral correct yep. mm-hmm. yeah so verb conjugations of course that's typically like all the latin derived languages yeah specifically yeah. possibly like Past tenses, the, past tense, the use of the auxiliary verbs, uh, other moods of the verb like the subjunctive that we don't have in English. So and then we specific- have, but don't use. Don't right? use, yeah. <laughs> and then specifically for Italian, we were thinking, you know, to mention the pronouns, the indirect and direct object pronouns that we combine together in one word. And also, we position uh, the, the pronoun before the verb. So okay, let's back up a little bit, because yeah. it doesn't mean much to people who don't know things about language. So in English, what you're talking about is a sentence that would be, uh-huh. I gave him a gift, exactly. oh, or I gave it to him, uh-huh. mm-hmm. right? And so then, what do you guys do with the pronouns in that sentence? The two words that we combine are... Uh, Law, the object pronoun. Which is it or it, him? Okay. To him, right? To him. Yellow. 
yellow would be one word that contains both. And then you move it in, fr then in front it of the verb. The so it will go subject, yes. object, verb. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sense. so like uh, so, I, I remember once like I heard like a teacher that was mentioning, that uh, said this sentence and uh, uh, sticked with me about um, a foreigner speaking Italian can be uh, near native and uh, you would still be able to recognize that he's not an Italian native speaker by the use of the pronouns. So, like, uh, I would mm -hmm. say pronouns and preposition is one of those super hot topic mm -hmm. and uh, challenging areas of the grammar that even more advanced students will struggle with. But other Romance languages don't combine them, but they do move that object pronoun before the verb sometimes, right? Sometimes. In other Romance languages. And in French, they do it. Oh, they do it as yeah. well. Okay, I think we also talked a little bit about pronunciation before. What do native English speakers usually find difficult um, when they're pronouncing sounds in Italian? I would say probably Italian is one of the easiest Romance languages for American students to, to, to pronounce correctly and to learn how to pronounce. Uh, there are a couple mm -hmm. of sounds, though, that are uh, still challenging. There's a um, couple sounds that don't exist in English, and it would be the ny sound, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. gn, and uh, the y. Is it like gnocchi? Correct, yes. yes. Okay. And the y, gl sound. So both sounds are in Spanish with the L yeah, and the G-N and one's G-L? Correct, okay. yes. Mm -hmm. And then otherwise, like, you pretty much would pronounce what you see written. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't present as many challenges in pronunciation as maybe French does. I see, yeah, I see. The R, for example, like in Spanish, rolled R is, you know, kind of challenging for students to pronounce correctly. They have to practice often. Or, or, or even like uh, words with a lot of vowels in it. So like whenever there's not consonants and like uh, there's more than one syllable with uh, multiple vowel in mm -hmm. it, uh, normally students have a hard time pronouncing yeah. them. So how many vowels would you find in a row? We could have up to four vowels. Yeah. So the Ayuola example. Ayuola, yeah, that's one. Okay. So... In that case, usually students tend to kind of go one by one, read very slowly so mm -hmm. that they don't, uh, you know, skip the sound vowels in between. And uh, those of you that were not in the room with us right now, um, I was like trying to reprimand Simona to move her hands away from her mouth so she'd be closer to the microphone. Um, so we had a lot of questions about gestures and things like that uh -huh. in Italian. Uh, you're stereotypically famous for using your hands and mm -hmm. gesturing a lot. Would you say that's true or is that just a stereotype? Well, I, I think, think it's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's true. Um, uh, Obviously, I, I notice also in other uh, cultures, they use gestures when they speak, but it's more to accompany what they're saying. Sometimes in Italian, we substitute mm. words with specific gestures to communicate, you know, hunger, being hungry, feelings, frustrated. So, frustration. So, for example, uh, what's for, frustrated? Like, for example, when we see someone who's doing something crazy, we, I do like this to indicate that and she she just motioned with her exactly. hand like she's saluting something yes. or knocking your head knocking with your my hand. head saying you know the brain is not working uh -huh. the person is crazy right right or mm, to to express that we're enjoying something that we're eating you mm -hmm. know we touch mm -hmm. our cheek cheek or, or we do other gestures 
that indicates, oh, we're really, that's really good, and things like that. So we okay. substitute, you know, the language, the for you know, with the a verbal, gesture, yeah, with a gesture to communicate. Yeah, so that's I peculiar. See. In the beginning, I asked you where you were from, but can we go in a little more depth on the different variations of Italian or even different languages? Um, mm -hmm. Most people think of standard Italian as what you were describing mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. Is your standard? Well, um, my dialect is. From the Napolitan, yeah, this derives from that area, so I'm able to, you know, understand most of the languages in the central, like Roman, Napolitan, uh, you know, and the the regions that are surrounding my region. But then, obviously, if someone is speaking in a Milanese um, dialect or Sicilian, that I will struggle. Can you understand, understand when Simona speaks uh, the Sardinian dialect? Maybe a few words, but that's another <laughs> dialect that, no, I'm not really familiar with. Yeah. Simona, when you... I think when, my example is, is an extreme. Well, let's talk about the extreme then. That's interesting, mm -hmm. too. So, uh, would you consider Sardinian a different language? Yes. So, it's, uh, it's uh, one of the Italian dialects that normally, uh, not all linguists can agree, but normally there's a couple of Italian dialects that are officially considered languages and uh, Sardinian is one of them because um, it has so much influence from Latin and Spanish. So when I would speak my dialect, people from other parts of Italy have a very hard time. Like mm -hmm. I normally can, um, all the other dialects would have some Something. some words that are different or some pronunciation, the pronunciation of some words might be different, but still they're not going to have a different like grammar and different like uh, the differences are not uh, that strong. Extreme. Yeah, Some dialects are are, you know, more, you know, distant from the standard Italian. Yeah. My dialect is much closer. So if I speak dialect, I think, you know, a lot of people are able to figure out what I'm saying. And I think it's in, it might be interesting also for Americans to, to realize that up to uh, the unification of Italy, like all the different regions were speaking their own dialects. So like the Italian language is not that old. Uh, it's something that through... What, actually, is, what is not that old? Do you know when? Yeah, so... Um, um, well, if we talk about unification, then we're going back to the 1800s. 1861 is when, 71 actually, Italy was unified, but the Italian as a standard language started to spread only after the Second World War, one, uh, the Second World War when the, um, the public school system Mm, was introduced. Mm -hmm. So And the uh, television in, in the houses. The television. I see, I see. So, but before that, people would speak... Uh, their own dialect. Yeah. Since Sardinian is considered a different language, what language did you go to school in? Were you speaking uh, standard Italian or were you speaking Sardinian? Uh, standard Italian. I see. Yeah. Unfortunately, with the, my uh, generation, uh, I would say probably starting uh, from my generation because still my parents would use Italian probably only in school and still uh, in your normal everyday life, you would use Sardinian versus kind of like it flipped with my generation where um, and now Sardinian, it's, it's more considered as the language you speak with your grandparents. Right, and right. Um, in certain areas, there are some pockets in the island where still even children um, mm -hmm. uh, learn and speak Sardinian, but it's becoming almost like a risk of um, becoming an endangered language. Yeah. Okay. So the question is, do you speak Sardinian or Italian to your daughter? Uh, Italian. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we're not complicating it at this point. She's already exposed to English and Italian. So she hears some words in Sardinian, but... I'm sure when she travels, 
back home, she'll be exposed to the, the language. Yes, of course. So she will pick up some. I think you mentioned before also that uh, when we talk about Italian words that have infiltrated English, those are often from dialects. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about mm -hmm. kind of the Americanized Italian words and where they came from? Yeah, probably um, we're, we're going back to, again, end of the 1800s, beginning yeah. of 1900s, when a lot of Italian immigrants uh, arrived. The mm -hmm. They were coming from two specific areas, like Sicily and the Naples area. Mm -hmm. So a lot of words that second-generation Italian-Americans learned from the parents and thought that were Italian uh, was actually like a dialect. So they grew up uh, and they, they, they still some Sometimes uh, when they meet us, like they want to speak Italian <laughs> and they use some words that uh, we're not familiar with sometimes. Or So can you tell what words specifically? Well, I hear often this word paisan mm -hmm. and then, uh, you know. And I don't know what that means in either language. Paisan means someone from your own town that you meet in a different environment. So, you know. You call that paisan because see, it's someone I that see, you identify with. And so it's automatically your friend and family. But and you guys have no idea what that means. Yeah. It's an Italian word, but we don't but use it. it's dialect. It's more Neapolitan. We don't use it like they use it here. Or, you know. Capis. In the movies, you would see. Yeah, you, you, you hear a capiche sometimes, and that's another uh, dialect word because like word, you you would say in italian you would say like to, to ask like did you understand you'd say i capito mm -hmm. and instead like uh, it's uh, capish the dialect word drops the ending and so that is the case with this word and since we're talking about words we always ask um, about modern day words and what you do with mm -hmm. words that are universal. I mean, I think Google was an example, mm -hmm. but a lot of it is related to technology. Mm -hmm. What do you do with modern day words that are mostly usually in English or come from an English background? What does ah, Italian do with them? Well, unfortunately, they're introducing more and more English words. So even for words that we have. Any so what are, what are some examples? Um, for example, that to identify in an article, they're describing a, a killing, so they use the word killer rather than the Italian equivalent. I see, word. I see. So that process is, you know, happening more and more uh, in so many areas, not just technology. Mm -hmm. uh, any the, um, the, the roles in a company, you uh -huh. were saying that... The CEO instead oh, of Oh, you the, just use CEO? Yeah, they're using... And that's new because I've, you know... I've never heard it before, but I guess... But you don't say you don't say CEO, you say uh, in Italian, do you? I don't know if they kind of uh, imitate it, the correct words. Obviously, we have a specific term for that. Do you say it in Italian or do you say it in I English? I think they try to imitate the English pronunciation. Yeah, so and this is a new thing. Uh -huh, so, like, nice. it's something that she observed last time she yeah. she went to Italy. They, but I see. it wouldn't be, like, I, I it, nev it never happened to me to hear that specific one. But otherwise, uh, we... Uh, I, I think older infiltration of the language, mm -hmm. you had more Italians just adapting the pronunciation mm -hmm. with uh, reading the letters in Italian. And instead, uh, today, I think they try to be a little bit more professional, like or fancy. like sounding fancy. fancy. Yes. Sounding, yeah. and, and so because they, English is very fancy. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you try to, to, to sound fancy when you're exactly. using English words in Italy. I yeah, see. but often they're mispronounced or they're wrong. So 
also. <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh, important to know that I think in France, um, and I don't know if in other countries, there there is this attempt to limit the uh-huh. amount of yeah. mm-hmm. foreign words used like to protect okay. the purity of the language. And right. that's uh, that's definitely not uh, an issue in Italy at all. I see. France is very nationalist. <laughs> Italians are not. Yes. So. <laughs> Well, I like to end with maybe an interesting idiom or an interesting proverb or something like that that maybe has cultural significance to you guys. Maybe like we have a... so many, right? We have so many proverbs um, related to our, you know everyday life with foods and you know related to religion. So, for example, to identify someone that is a very good person with the bread as a symbol, and, and we say he is as good as bread. Buono come il pane. So we use... Well, that's a high that. compliment because bread is really uh-huh. <laughs> delicious. Yeah. So Yeah, exactly. So that's a symbol of, you know, food. And, yeah. Mm. Or, or you we say, for example, um, it is like parsley. It's on everything. Mm-hmm. So like oh, for, for, for... Something some... that's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and then that's also connected with the fact that parsley is an ingredient we use a lot. Otherwise, for... If I just translate it in English, sometimes Americans don't understand what that means because that's not the use of parsley. That you guys do uh, right, as much as right, we do right, right. and I don't know in uh, if in English you have uh, an equivalent but we we often say speak like you eat so the meaning is that you know if you're speaking you know in a too fancy way and people cannot really understand what you're saying see, I see. so they would please speak as natural as naturally as you would eat okay. you know just make yourself in Italian, uh, how would you? Uh, parla come mangi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might start using that just yeah. in, not in, in, not in Italian. Yeah, in someone English, is trying to so. show off and speak, you know, too complicated and yes. you're not able to follow, then you say, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and um, maybe like another example of an interesting um, proverb that we have that you have an equivalent in English, but... I always laugh and I think like you took the stronger, um, uh, the more aggressive way. The, yeah, the more aggressive way of describing the same thing. It's uh, when in English you say to uh, kill two birds with a stone, right? With one stone. stone. And so instead we're we're milder and we're just like catching two pigeons with one fava bean. So like we say, prendere due piccioni con mm. una fava. So um, I, I like sometimes to just translate uh, Italian proverbs in English and uh, uh, see the reaction of Americans that sometimes they understand the meaning but they uh-huh. think that it's uh, it's hilarious the way that we, we well the image of it is quite funny yes yeah. it is with a bean uh-huh. yeah well grazie uh, uh-huh. for, <laughs> for your time uh, Simona's and that's the end of our podcast thanks thank for being you. here thank, thank you, you very much thank you for joining us for this episode of Language Matters um, to our listeners uh, you can continue the conversation by tweeting us at DiplomaticLS, or you can find us on Facebook by searching for Diplomatic Language Services.